Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. So everybody, I'm here with Dan McDonald. He is the conference committee chair uh, and also opened up the conference today. We are at the AME 2022 International Conference, Embrace Disruption. It's been two years since we've been together in person. And uh, Dan, what do you think so far? How How's the conference going so far? I think it's going great. It's been uh, two and a half years of planning to pull all this together. We kicked off this morning and uh, you know, behind the scenes, we're monitoring for defects, abnormalities, and stuff like that. But so far, uh, things are running smooth. Um, talking to a lot of people in the hallways and stuff. There's a lot of energy here coming back together. People are passionate, uh, excited, and uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. So we've got a great show planned for the whole week, and uh, I hope people are going to get a lot of learning. Well, Dan, I was able to sit in just on the opening here, and I, I'm crazy excited. I, I'm looking through the schedule and there you guys have done an amazing job at choosing the speakers, the, the workshops, the tours. I mean there's so much to do. I'm, I'm almost overwhelmed but I, and I don't know which one to go to. Uh, any suggestions on like what do you think like best uh, speakers or your favorite speakers? What, any, anything at all that you think is uh, something that should be highlighted this week? Well, look, uh, personally I think that we probably have the best keynote lineup we've had in 38 years. Yeah. Um, we always, every year, and I've done a number of these things over the years, have tried to get, you know, the big C-suite leaders in industry. Um, they're very hard to get right. uh, to talk into taking their time. They're busy people. Um, we've had some successes over the years, but for Dallas, uh, we, we had a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, some real budget uh, issues in terms of the ability. And we normally sort of tap the speaker circuit. And we've always had some very good keynoters. But this year, we've got most of our keynoters are all, uh, they're not uh, speaking circuit people. These are business leaders, right. uh, some very, very senior people uh, that we've uh, uh, maybe locked out in mm -hmm. managing, but I think it's going to be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, Larry Culp is running mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest manufacturing companies uh, in the United States uh, as the chairman and CEO is coming mm -hmm. to talk to us. Uh, big Danaher guy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, led a lot of the big rise in Danaher's. Uh, this afternoon, uh, Mike Lamock, who I worked for uh, uh, for a number of years and observed uh, uh, the 11 years at Train Technologies he drove is, I think he's going to have some great stories and lessons. Uh, and we've, we've just got a super lineup. So I, look, we think overall we've got, uh, we've got some really strong tours. The presenters are great. I heard, uh, I got a lot of feedback yesterday on the workshops we did mm -hmm. that uh, were pretty positive. Uh, yeah. So look, um, for me, one of the secrets of this thing early on when they asked me to, to, to do this was to pick a great team. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the secret to anything in yeah. business. And so we uh, uh, took our time, uh, thought about a lot of people, did a lot of arm twisting. This is all volunteer work. And right. uh, we built a great team. And, you know, people had different responsibilities. We had a keynote chair and, a, you know, presenter chair. Uh, all of them 
did a great job, and so I think every aspect of the conference has got some real meat in it. But uh, I, I would say the keynote lineup probably stands out for powerful. Dallas uh, as uh, second to none. So, yeah, powerful. Uh, looking forward to it. What's uh, so? What is your? How do you guys choose locations as you go forward? Like Dallas. I mean, this is an amazing conference center. Lots of room to move around. The, the ex exhibit area is great. I mean, how, what do you? What's your kind of your uh, the, the way that you pick? where you're going and and then where also where are you going next what's the next uh, location well it's a great question there's a planning team that mm -hmm. uh you know goes into cities that we want to go to and looks at various venues and studies them ahead of time we we fell a bit behind with the pandemic like many associations we had sort of a cadence but a lot of times we were uh three to four years out mm -hmm. negotiating contracts with the place um we're trying again to reach out a little broader as an experiment but we got into a cadence where we found for whatever we've done 38 years of these um, we found there was a number of hub cities okay. that for whatever reason you know we had the data and like that AME lean conferences just did a lot better um, Dallas was one of them we came here in 06 it was very well received the facility is wonderful for this uh, we came back again and we're here for the third time so we for a long time we had uh, Boston Chicago Toronto Dallas and uh, Northern Kentucky were sort of five and we we were on a rotating circuit um, and um, I think part of the value is that because we're a manufacturing conference, although we have a lot of healthcare people here, sure. we have a lot of people from the military who have a huge lean program. That I've seen come state in, and um, local government too. Uh, we have public sector yeah. people come, but our, the core is still manufacturing industrial type companies, right? Well, um, tours have always been one of the most popular parts of our conferences, and so. Um, we try to um, not go more than an hour by bus. It starts to get uh, so you kind of got a circumference. And right. so there's a lot of cities that might be good conference cities for like at the hotel, but the access to, uh, you know, really uh, great manufacturing tours is somewhat limited. Mm. So some of the cities we, uh, people like to go there for whatever, like Toronto, Boston have yeah. always been huge. Uh, uh, and Dallas, like I said, has been very good. Um, and so that's, but what next year's in Cleveland, all right? Cleveland, so we're right. starting to, we're going to go uh, to Cleveland and uh we're going to, uh, I don't think we've done a conference in Cleveland before. So yeah. the team's, you know, going to have a challenge to figure out, uh, you know, how to attract the, the uh, people to come in that can show how to find tour sites. But Amy's got a lot of great volunteers yeah. and uh, they'll figure, and, and we also are structured in regions. So each region, you know, has a board and they are more local and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, you know, the area around Cleveland will do very well. So we're excited. Uh, Dallas, as you mentioned, it was the first time back in three years, yeah. and um, we're hoping that there's there's a lot of success here. That people really get a lot of value out of it, and it helps us rebuild back to uh, a lot of strength and live confidence. So hopefully, Cleveland is going to really rock it next yeah, year. That'll be a big one. Uh, so, over the years, last question I have for you: uh, over the years, 
there's probably been a lot of learning that has happened. And as continuous improvement practitioners, what, what are a couple things that you would say that you've learned over the years and you guys have been able to make improvements? So I heard you say tours, you know, so probably you've, you know, elevated that in, in your planning process and, and what's available to people. But anything else that you would say would be a, a continuous improvement item that you've done as a, as a conference chair? Um, I'd say uh, a couple things. One is um, we try very hard with, apart from workshops, mm -hmm. to be practitioner-based. So the presenters we bring in and stuff like that are, are people actually doing work. They're in the trenches uh, with all of us in whatever role or level they're at. Um, we think it's very important the people who come to AME conferences come because they're hearing from practitioners. Now, we love consultants. Uh, we've got a lot of them as volunteers in AME. Mm -hmm. We will sometimes have a consultant who's got a great story and lesson to impart, like in a presentation on a key topic. Sure. But we insist that if we do that, they have to bring one of their practitioner partners. And it has to be a co-presentation. So oh, okay. the one lesson learned, I think, is a big one is that um, Practitioner-driven learning and sharing is uh, is something the audience responds to, and I think yeah. it, it uh, makes it this. Um, so that's that's a, a yeah. big part of it. Uh, I it's, think it's real. It's real life. It's what's actually happening with the you know they're sharing experiences and learnings that they're actually having as they're deploying lean into their organization. So it, it makes sense yeah. why that would be popular. And maybe just one other learning, and we've had you know we we, we try to practice continuous improvement just like we you know teach in our day jobs That's and right. stuff, but um, we really work hard with, and we've built some standard work around it, with the presenters that come in to help shape how they tell their story, how they do it. So one of it is, we want them to tell a story. Right. So we're not big on, this isn't like a technical conference where people are putting up, you know, spreadsheets and stuff like that. We want it to be personal, we want it mm -hmm. meaning, meaningful. So. Uh, Telling the story is important in the presentations. Uh, secondly, and this is very important, we want the presenters, whoever they are, to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. So often, when you go to any kind of learning event like this, uh, it presents, they, they rose-colored glasses, they, everything's wonderful. Now, all of us. We know the real world doesn't That's like right. that, right? We're out in it, and we know even the greatest things don't go smoothly. They're That's not right. easy. There's barriers and boundaries. So we work really hard to help. We don't tell the presenters you know, what to present necessarily, but just the thematic parts. Sure. And they're all very receptive to it. So we want them to share, you know, what worked, what didn't work, right. you know, what did you learn, what did you do differently, what would you do differently if you could go back and do it all over again, right? right. And, and maybe spare some of the folks in the room the pain that you went through when right. you were trying to do it. So I, I think the the way we try to coach the presenters in the way that they share their lessons with people is what differentiates AME conferences maybe from some others. And I, that's, again, another improvement that I think we've done over the years. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, if anyone's interested to get information on AME conference for next year at Cleveland, 
where would they go? Where would they find that information? Uh, yeah, so it's still uh, fairly early, uh, but uh, ame.org yep. uh, is, you can get into the main website, and within there, they'll have, uh, Dallas is still up you yep, know, with lots of, of stuff, but uh, Cleveland will start, you'll start to see more information as they, as they build the conference and populate it, uh, they'll update the website. So going into the conference part of the ame.org okay. website is the probably for now the best way to get information. Perfect. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll add that into the show notes. So if anyone's interested, they can go to the show notes, click on that. Again, it'll probably have Dallas up there for now, but it, uh, eventually the Cleveland stuff will pop up and then yep. love for you to register there. Perfect. All right, Dan, Perfect. thanks again. Amazing conference. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. So I am here talking with Matt Rapp from Bender, Inc. He's the head of operations there. Matt, what has been your experience so far of the AME conference? AME's been a great conference. Uh, came in early. We had two sessions. Monday, we came in. We did a leadership uh, conference. In the afternoon, had a kata discussion. Uh, it was a very good interactive experience where we broke out the teams. We worked through the kata questions and really got to use hands-on experience. Uh, today, we had a great tour at Eberrock. It's a big mining company. They make big drilling and surface mining equipment. And they really had uh, good visual examples of a new MES they had to drive really nice shop floor interaction with nice. issues they're experiencing wow. and quickly relaying them to engineering. Many times we're walking the floor as managers and the employee brings an issue to us and we forget about it because we've got 10 other things on our mind. Right. This is a live way for them to see the virtual work instructions and as they're working through the bill of materials, quickly to signal an issue and it gets right back to the engineer on the project. Wow. And able to go right to that person on the shop floor and, and, and work right through them. Wow, that's amazing. Very cool. So the tours have definitely been valuable. Uh, in, in the different workshops and, and uh, speakers that you've listened to, any aha moments or anything that sticks out that you say, this was one moment that I really have enjoyed so far? I think the automation discussions have been aha. Okay. Uh, you think Industry 4.0, it's a, it's a one-size-fits-all solution. And the keynote speaker today really kind of highlighted that there are different aspects you can use, and even the top-performing companies are not fully automated there, and there's always different points to consider. So really it makes you kind of reflect and understand that not every company is fully automated, and there's a lot of steps that have to be working coinciding with lean and automation to get you to your improvement journey and your objectives that you're looking for. Oh, I love that. So uh, what does Bender do? Bender, we are experts in electrical safety equipment. We provide a ground fault protection and line isolation monitoring equipment that is going into uh, medical, medical, industrial, and electrical vehicle applications. Uh, really, we're looking for faults downstream and making sure we're protecting people and equipment from electrical hazards. Nice. Well, we'll throw a link to uh, Bender into the show notes so listeners can go out there and check you guys out. But I'm glad you're enjoying the conference, and I appreciate you stopping by the booth. Great. Thank you so much. All right, I am here with Dr. Anya Slaughter from the VA Long Beach Healthcare System. And Anya and I were just talking about the keynote for this morning, and she was amazing. What, what, were, what was your takeaway? What did you think? Oh, there was so much to take away from her, her uh, talk. really made me reflect on what we're doing at our organization, even though we've been doing lean for a while. And whether we've been, been effective in communicating the why, mm -hmm. why we're doing it and making
making sure that everybody understands that purpose. I think that was really key. We have a lot of the elements. We have the huddles. We have uh, process improvement. But I think really to get that buy-in and empower the employees, we have to be better at communicating that, that purpose. That's right. Because otherwise, like like she said, it, it just becomes a, a, an exercise in applying tools or pushing people to apply the tools. But when they're aligned to something bigger than themselves, a purpose, then they, they actually want to do it. They get excited about it and they're engaged in it, right? Exactly. And that makes the difference. Yeah, and then it's not just a mandate. And it also re made me reflect on we have a lot of committees and councils and we have them report out things, but then we're not consistent with why are we not using A3 report outs for these councils and committees because they're also improving our work. That's right. So it shouldn't be continuous improvement in this silo and our committee work in this silo. Everything should be aligned. Yeah. And she even talked about uh, how we sometimes as lean practitioners, we suggest that other people do an A3, but are we actually using you know our, our own advice and doing A3s for some of the work that we do too? Absolutely. Yeah. And it made me think about the last picture that she shot up. It looked like a biomed engineering team working on process improvement. And it looked like a blank A3 on the wall. And I said, that's so smart. Why don't we just have a simple tool on the wall without making it so complicated, saying we have to have somebody from our process improvement team walk them through the A3. Just make it simple. And even if they don't get it 100% right, they're going to get pretty close. That's right. Absolutely. So tell me just a little bit about what you do at the VA. So my role at the VA is the High Reliability Organization Officer. So my charge is to take our healthcare system through the HRO journey to becoming a more highly reliable organization and zero harm for our patients and staff. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, have, have you been at the conference? Have you found value this week in the conference itself? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It was good. great. Good, good. Well, thanks so much for stopping by the booth. All right. Thank you. I am here with Justin Sturick from Raymond Corporation. He's the Continuous Improvement Manager. Justin, what's been your experience so far with the AME conference? Uh, it's really great. It's so invaluable to uh, you know to come to a conference, uh, be able to network with people, um, hear you know with their both successes and their challenges, um, and then just to you know see the different applications within different industries. Um, it's really it's really great to hear you know things that are currently going on, a lot of different challenges in the dynamic world that we live in. Right. And, uh, you know, the tours is great benchmarking, and it just helps kind of level set where you're at and take yeah. things back that are best practices. Yeah. I don't think people, uh, I think a lot of people underestimate the value of doing tours and actually going out and seeing what other people are doing, whether they're, you know, way far along on their lean journey or just starting their lean journey, everyone has something to share, right? And so it's always nice to get out and see what other companies are doing. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's about the learning and it's about the journey. So mm -hmm. you know, when you go on a tour, you're going to see things that otherwise you may not have seen. Uh, so you can take some of those best practices back to your own place. But the most, to me, the most important thing is what problem were they trying to solve? And then take that back and understand how they did that problem solving to your corporation because everything's different, right. uh, different cultures, different environments, but it's about the problem that they're trying to solve, how they go about it, that methodology, and then bring it back and then adapt it to your own uh, environment and culture. Absolutely. So uh, right before we hit record, we were having a discussion about some of the work that's going on at Raymond Corporation. Yeah. Can you just tell us kind of where you guys are at on your lean journey? It's some really great things to share. Yeah, uh, as I said, you know, we're at the tale of two cities. The, the manufacturing side has been doing this for 15 plus years. We had, uh, we're owned by Toyota Industries and we had a Toyota Sensei that's been with us for quite some time. Gave us lots of invaluable lessons and uh, uh, 
really helped us leverage you know, the ability to build uh, more stuff out of the operations and take out a lot of waste. Uh, in the office side, we started a little bit further behind. Uh, and I'll say officially we started about six years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we had lots of different lessons uh, learned there, uh, but really trying to change the dynamic and the culture and the expectations and accountability uh, within that, uh, just applying it to a different environment and using the same principles that we use in the operations side uh, as they are applicable. Yeah, what do you think, what's been your, your greatest challenge as you've seen lean kind of shifting over into the office? A lot, a lot of people think, you know, when they say to a production system that it's traditionally in the manufacturing operations, but we're really trying to get people to understand that everything that they do is related around processes. Um, and that when you have processes, then we can start making improvements uh, mm -hmm. to that. But making visualization, getting people involved to be problem solvers, so that they can start creating more value for our customers mm -hmm. uh, is probably one of the biggest things, is trying to get them to understand that they can create more value add rather than just being busy yeah. and being more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, as far as the speaking sessions here at AME, any uh, anyone that you're looking forward to, to seeing or any specific topics that you're looking for while you're here? Uh, a lot, you know, leadership buy-in, how yeah. do you gain it, um, how do you build it, um, trying to understand some of the uh, cultural aspects of it, because uh, again, a lot of this uh, the continuous improvement is all centered around the magic pill of, uh, you know, buy-in and leadership development, uh, but also how do you get people to become good problem solvers and changing that cultural mindset. Yeah. Uh, so just hearing from others what some of the nice. best practices are and challenges and what they've done to overcome it. Yeah, and then obviously you're going to take that back and continue to work on some of those challenges that, that you have at Raymond just to continue to develop and build the culture there, right? Yeah, and uh, some of our team is here from there, so nice. you know we're going to try to take what we learned from here, bring it back, uh, we, we'll talk about it figure out uh, some of the things that we can do, uh, whether there's small things we can do right away or things that we'll start integrating into our process. But it's just, again, it's about all about the learning and the sharing and growing is kind of the AME model. Right. Um, and it's really great that there's a forum here to kind of share what's going on yeah. you know, across the, uh, the world. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say, is there one thing so far that you've said, you know, I heard this and I feel like it's applicable. We're definitely bringing this back and we're applying it right away. This one thing. Is there anything yet? Or are you still looking for that one nugget? No, I, I don't think that there's that one nugget. Again, I think, you know, trying to understand some of the cultural pieces. Yeah. Um, what's been applied uh, and what's worked in those different environments. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of great ideas from the different keynote speakers down to the practitioner presentations um, and just trying to understand how we can actually start developing this and make it more sustainable for the sure. future versus just trying to you know, have one one idea in to, uh, to start making a small improvement, yeah. um, but really trying to just build sustainability into our own process. Love it, love it. Well, we'll, we'll drop a, uh, a link to, uh, to Raymond Corporation into the show notes so anyone that's listening can go out and check you guys out. And uh, obviously, I appreciate you stopping by the booth here and, and uh, having a really great conversation about some of the work that you guys are doing at Raymond. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. All right, thanks. All right, thanks. All right, I am here with John Dyer from John Dyer & Associates. Uh, John, you've been on the, the podcast before. Uh, as, a, as a, a guest on the with our with your own full episode on the Lean Solutions podcast, but I saw you walking by. We've had some good conversations here at the AME conference, and you also are a speaker here, and you you led one of the workshops. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the conference as a whole, and then let's talk a little bit about your workshop. So the conference has been terrific so far. Uh, this is actually my first AME conference. Um, 
you know, I, I've written many, many articles for Industry Magazine, and they have a, their own lean conference. In fact, it's this same week. And so normally I've been attending those. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is my first AME one, and it's been terrific so far. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then the, the workshop that we did uh, yesterday, it um, basically follows the same script that's in the book that I published a couple of years ago or got published a couple of years ago called The Facade of Excellence. Yes. Uh, Defining a New Normal of Leadership. Yes. Amazing book, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's starting to get some traction, yeah. starting to get some momentum. I'm getting some really good reviews, and um, I've had several people come up to me and tell me that. Uh, They've actually used it to uh, open dialogue with their bosses. They oh, actually sit down and go through the story in the book, and um, they're able to talk about some really tough subjects without any blaming or finger pointing. And and so far, you know, I've heard that bosses have been pretty receptive to that. So, Very nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping that. It's having an impact. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And yesterday for the workshop, you actually uh, led a, a couple different activities that kind of tied back into some of the topics you talk about in the book, right? Right, absolutely. You know, uh, most people know I'm a huge Dr. Deming fan, yes. so we started the workshop with the red bead experiment. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, I actually got to see Dr. Deming do that twice, and the second time I wrote down every word he said. Nice. Because I knew I was going to want to do that in my training. Yes. So uh, we had a good time with that, and then um, I've actually built an activity that supports uh, some of the key learnings from the book on leadership. You know, in the book I talk about four different leadership styles mm -hmm. that progress from the crisis leader uh, all the way to the empowerment leader. Mm -hmm. And so over the years I've uh, developed an activity that uh, really demonstrates the pros and cons of each of those two leadership styles. So uh, it's a great, great activity. Uh, um, you know, and it, I actually call it the leadership experiment. Yeah, yeah. To kind of pay homage to uh, Dr. Deming with the Red Beat experiment. Very nice. And um, yeah, it's it's a great activity. Uh, someone volunteers to be a leader. Mm -hmm. We have eight volunteer workers. In the, in the first round, the workers are blindfolded. They don't know what's going on. Uh, and the, basically, the leader has to tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And it, they, they're working on a task that's pretty complex. Yeah. And what's fascinating is, is when they complete the task, the audience always erupts in applause. Mm -hmm. That's first round. Second round is uh, we, we shift to the empowerment side of the spectrum where I ask the leader to describe to the workers what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, because they're blindfolded. Right, they, they don't know anything no about what's happening, right. Yeah. Uh, so they describe what's going on and then take the blindfolds off and then empower the, the workers to do the task. Mm -hmm. Well, in the first round, it usually takes about five minutes yeah. to get the task done. In the second round, with all the workers engaged, it usually takes about 25 seconds. Right. So a huge difference. And then, <laughs> and when they complete the task, the audience erupts in applause. Of course. Uh, again. Yeah. So the way I then debrief the exercise is I ask the audience, you know, in the first round, when they completed the task, who were you applauding for? Mm. And it's always the leader. The leader, Because right. they were doing all the work. Yeah. Then I asked the workers, how did you feel 
when the audience applauded in that first round. And they're like, we didn't even know what we had done. Yeah, we didn't know no what the clue. task was. <laughs> and it felt really hollow. In fact, it was demoralizing. Oh, that was yeah. one of the words that was used. Wow. So then I asked the audience, who did you clap for in that second round? And they said, we were clapping for the whole team. Mm. And then I turned to the team. I said, all right, how did you all feel in that second round? And they were like, oh, we felt great. Mm. We felt affirmed, yeah. a sense of pride, a sense of accomplishment. And then the real Powerful. kicker, the real kicker question is my last one. And I turned to the audience and say, of the two leaders that you just saw demonstrated here, which one today would typically get promoted in your organization? And it's usually stunned silence. I bet. And then someone will say, I hate to say this, but the first person. That's right. And then everybody jumps in and says, yep, they're right. Yep, yep, 100%. 100% agreement wow. from the audience that it would have been the first person because they look the busiest. They look the most in control. That's right. Even though it took five minutes versus 25 seconds and the team felt demoralized. Mm. But that's who normally would get the recognition right. that leads to a promotion. And, and I talk about this in the book, that the root cause of why so many lean initiatives fail to be sustainable is because we have not redefined what a promotable leader needs to be, how they need to act, how they need to be measured. We still promote those leaders that are the best firefighters, the most in control, the most intimidating, right. uh, versus the leader who is a coach, mentor, treats people with kindness, with empathy, and helps lift people up Right. and lift the whole team up. Right. That's where we need to get to. Uh, absolutely. And that's where you're going to get the sustainable gains versus the quick, you know, uh, drastic cost reductions in the beginning, which, again, that's tough because, you know, you have so many executive leaders that are, uh, you know, unfortunately, that, that's what they're being pushed for, you know. But at the end of the day, the long-term sustainable growth is going to, is what's, what companies need, right? Right. So, well, that's... And I, I truly do believe that because, you know, COVID has pushed a lot of organizations to go back to that crisis leader, right. in control type mode. Right. And I think that's leading to a lot of frustration for folks who remember prior to COVID having progressed to more of that team-based um, interaction mm -hmm. and they you know it's been two and a half years mm -hmm. and a lot of these leaders are still in that uh, command and control crisis mode right. and I think a lot of employees are getting frustrated with that and I yes. think that's why you hear about quiet quitting and uh, you know the uh, great resignation migration and all that kind of thing right because people are tired of the working for the a leader that's in the crisis mode. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Well, I know I know people found a ton of value in your workshop, and I appreciate you being here and and being able to pour out into uh, the attendees here at the AME conference. It's been great to chat with you, and and I just appreciate you stopping by the booth and filling in our listeners on on some of the things that you talked about during your workshop. So well, thank thanks you. for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. 
If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.